just screamed down the whole of the UK. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Ben, how are you? I'm very, very good. I'm living the dream, as I said I before. Know, I know, I know, right. I'm... <laughs> awesome. Thank you for your patience. We had um, a little bit of a uh, malfunction. It's worse than a woman trying to say that her bra's fallen down. But um, in my case, the uh, <laughs> the screen decided not to like me. But um, yeah. we have got you yeah, fantastic. Man. And we don't. I've never gone late on a Saturday before. So, um, and I'm going to kill you, Ben, because um, Arsenal is playing Manchester United. And I'm a football fan and I'm missing it. It's all your fault. It's, who are they? Like, are they like pub, pub team players? Or what's, what, what, I've never heard of any of them teams. Who are they? Any good? <laughs> never heard of them. I like it. I like it. I like it. I love it. Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> so I'm tapping into all the, um, the Arsenal supporters' time, which, um, boo. Sorry. Um, I'll try and put my professional head on <laughs> folks as you can see at the ticker tape at the bottom I have the wonderful Ben Jones now I'm going to come to why we call him Duracell or why someone's nicknamed him Duracell and it's stuck with him forever um, but you know thank you so much for joining and before I even start on the show I always 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 send out positive affirmations to everyone so it's a good day good evening good night good morning to anywhere around the world that anyone who's only just tuning in and watching this probably a year later or two years later we're sending out nothing but positive positive affirmations um, and good vibes and I'm sure Ben would totally agree with me oh I can see a wonderful boxer he's got oh I love his office can everyone see? I'm gonna ask you about those that picture in the background <laughs> that's not Sugar Ray is it <gasps> I'm getting excited it sure is Sugar right, Ray and Rocky look. let me calm down let me just calm down <laughs> love your office I'm rocking. oh and Rocky <laughs> oh we've got to have a bit of Rocky yeah, don't Rocky. we I'm, I am, a bit I'm of Rocky as well absolutely I am non-traditional what you see is what you get so you're on my Standing in my true sports edition show Ben, please say a big hello to everyone out there in cyber world for me right now. Hello everyone and thanks for watching. Um, hope you get to know the real me. Oh, we're going to. By the time I'm finished, they will. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm going to jump straight in and I know that, um, and you know, there's a lot to cover today, um, even though it, there's a football in there, but I know you've got your heart set on football as well, so... Ben, I know that from what I've read, you're cruelly bred and born. Where were you born? You know, born, and where did you come from? Give me a big synopsis about that. Well, I, I was born in I was born in Crawley, and uh, and lived all of my childhood in Crawley. So Crawley's my my hometown, as I always look at that as hometown. Um, I moved from there to Redhill, which is oh. um, it's just in the edge of Surrey. Yeah, um, and rec well, I said recently, eight years ago, I moved out to a place called Dorking, um, and a little little area of Dorking called Cable, which is uh, oh, Dorking's nice lovely. Area. Keep that away. 
Oh my God, she Dorkin! Away is... from everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dorkin's lovely though. Well, I've been to Dorkin. Yeah. They've got that beautiful. There's a beautiful hotel oh, yeah. at the top, and it overlooks all of Dorkin and Surrey. Um, and it's just got the most amazing place where you can get married, the hills, and I'm not going to name it because that means I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. name dropping. But <laughs> I, it's just, oh, I've just spent some glorious times in there. And I kept saying, if I got married, that's where I'm going to get married, right there in Dorking. Don't do it. You're married. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> okay, folks. Ben told me that I can't get married. Okay, I'll, I'll hold him to that. Yeah. So, <laughs> any of my suited in, did you hear what I just said? Any of my suited intenders out there, don't listen. That is really wrong on every level. Anyway, back <laughs> to you, back to you, because before I know it, you'll be interviewing me. Um, ben, yeah. so, growing up, tell me a bit about your childhood growing up. And when childhood, I say that, um, you know, me, um... your parents and, you know, course I, mum and dad were, were both together all through 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 my childhood I had a really good childhood um you get a lot of people to say how bad their childhood my childhood was great i had and got everything i possibly could need we was i was never spoiled we were never rich we were never poor we were just an average family um i was the hyperactive kid um i could imagine that actually <laughs> yeah i was i Half the name Duracell is partly for him. We're getting to that later. We're going to get into go. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I done um, I done every sport under the sun. I played I played football for Fulham, so I was a good footballer. Um, played for the county. I was I was a decent I was a decent player, but I also I I did cross country for the, for the county. I did athletics for the county. Oh wow! I did rugby for the county. I was I was. I would just I had to play every single sport. It was that was just me. It was in it was in my blood, and I had to had to do everything. Um, my ones obviously I I pushed on with was boxing and football. Never took my two well coming to that. Don't even I go. Don't don't, don't don't don't. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ease you into that. <laughs> I want to ease you. Now no. what surprise when you were telling me you're playing football and blah blah. As I keep saying to people that come on the show feed me feed me so let me feed myself so growing up was anybody else what about have you got siblings i have i've got a sister she's two years younger than me um and strangely enough probably because of myself she is fantastic at sport and steered clear she was the fastest in crawley town sports she was would have been very very talented um, she's very tough and avoided everything. She, 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 see my pressure I had for sport, which I enjoyed pressure of sport that we, which you get, and she see it as a negative, which I see everything oh, as a positive, her. and she see it as a negative. So she went, she went against it in some ways, which is oh. a real shame because my sister was very talented. I mean, I've never seen a box or nothing, but yeah. she, she's, she's rough and tougher on the street and stuff. Um, but not that she's a fighter, she's got family. She no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, um, but um, she, she excelled in different ways. She's an NHS nurse, really high up and doing really well. So she's she's a whole different character than I oh, am. Oh, wow. You know? And what about your parents? Were they sporty? Did they do anything, you know? Hugely in sport. My, 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 dad's, um, my dad's a good sprinter, was, was, was a decent footballer. 
Um, he's your rough and tough side, the the side that come. London's an um, Crawley's an overspill of London, so um, that their family will come come down from London. It's an overspill, you know. So okay, um, they were the rough and tough side. My mum's side were actually brought up very well, but her dad was a champion boxer. So there's the other side. Um, but my mum's very sporty too. Hold on a minute. Stop and skipping. My mum's very, she was very good at athletics and stuff. Hold on. Her dad was a champion <laughs> I can't boxer. Keep still, like, as you'll probably notice. Go on. Who's the boxer? Who was her dad? Right. My granddad, oh, don't get me wrong, he'd, he'd been. It'd have been nineties now, you know, well in his nineties. So um, he was a cha- he was a champion in the forces. Which wow! Um, if you imagine when he comes to sixteen, he, sh- he had to go straight to war. So he was that age. So his his whole main side of um, of boxing was all in the war. Um, oh, wow. But he was the champion of his weight. And in, in them days, um, your forces you had to box. There was no um, yeah. Yeah, there was there, there was no you you that is what you had to do, and he was good, uh, very good. And I, I've had many people through through my life, a lot of old boys that used to come and watch me, and say your granddad boxed just like you. Oh and wow! And your granddad was fantastic. You know, what so was his was name? Nice, do you mind uh, sharing? Share his name. What was his name? Malcolm Malcolm Jenner. His name was. Bless him. Um, I mean, he, to be honest, he's he's been gone now. Good good um, good good twenty five years now. Bless him. Doesn't but matter. He's, he's a massive part of my childhood boxing. Yeah, love that. I love that. See, that is a part of you that's not written anywhere. Or, well, I'd rather do my yeah. homework than tell anybody that I knew that because I didn't. No, so I love that. You, I love that you shot ever come up. Oh really? I love it. Yeah, I've dug go. it out of you. So, oh my God. There you go. Rest your soul, Mr. Jenner. It's great to hear that, that you had. So really, that's where you, I was going to ask the next question is, where did the boxing come into this? You know, so here you've told me yeah. that you had this wonderful um, growing up in every sport. So you sprinted and, um, you know, I, I'm surprised you didn't tell me that you javelin through or you did long jump or <laughs> you did. I'm waiting for you to tell me that you did, bloody did jump. pole jumping. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> don't even but before we get to the boxing then did football come before the boxing or did the boxing come first which one oh do, do you know what that was very much touch and go oh. it was touch and go as a wow. as a young kid um well because i was at fulham i was playing i was i was a decent footballer at england trials i was i was a good good footballer so it was it really in some ways my passion was football and um I was at I was at Fulham when Kevin Keegan, Ray Wilkins, oh wow, um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and um, our fire tape took over. You see, and yes. our youth development officer was Alan Smith, which is old Arsenal we're playing now, um, and um, and football changed with at Fulham. Fulham were your average team to become. They're working their way up to the Premiership, so they were. Yeah. A, they were great, and I and, and I was still there, and they, they chucked out pretty much all of my friends, all through, and I was there with only a very few others. So football at the time was my, was my sport, and um, it only got to that point where obviously I got released from Fulham. I went to Exeter afterwards, um, which were a lower league. What age? No, no what age were you? What age? Um, sixteen, seventeen. So I was a young kid, you know. Right, right. And you try and get to Exeter as um. 
as, at that age, you had to rely on your parents, which again, lovely for the parents to, to be helping me with that. Um, I went down there and, and they couldn't afford for me to, to always be there. So um, not, not, not my mum and dad, not, but the, the, the club couldn't afford for me to stay there the whole time. So they were they were doing it as they were coming to watch me at my local clubs and and, and I play every now and again, and um, it it weren't for me and I said right I'm knocking it on the head. I played semi-professional footballer, football at the time. I was playing for a team called Whiteleaf, which were were there and there, but they were in the league below the Vauxhall Conference. I was only a kid. I was only 18, so I was, I was there and thereabouts myself. Um, but I started concentrating on the boxing. And when was that? Was that while you were playing semi-professional? Yes, it was. Yeah, and then in the end, I made the decision. I actually, I actually, um, this is another thing that's not come up yet. I actually um, um, got my cartilage went on my knee, so I ended up having an injury, and I went back to boxing instead of football to train myself up. Ah, is that what happened? Okay. And my boxing went. I was always a decent. Um, a decent box. I was always in the top, about the, you know, the, the, the at least the top ten in the country. I was always, always there. And then, as soon as I concentrated, I was, I was one of your top three in the country. So, and I that thought, was in the amateurs. Was that the amateurs, right? Because obviously the, the amateurs. amateurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the amateurs. Yeah. So you had the in- so was, you had the injury rough about when? When was the injury? About... Well, I must have been eighteen years old. Yeah, oh, so I was young, wow. young. So that so that injury cut short. A budding football could've, career, would you say? And then you did you so you went been. into yeah, the gym? Right. Did you go into boxing to sort of get fit again? Well, I was strangely enough, I was always boxing as well as football. See, I I always looked at it as um, the football would help my, my boxing would help my football. I was always right. tiny. I was not a big. I was not a big lad, but I was still one of the strongest on the pitch. Right. Because my upper body strength was very good. So my boxing helped my football, but I thought of it as helping it to get me back to football. Went back into boxing more so, so more full time, and actually thought I'm actually very good at this. I'm going to stay at this. And you see, now you're, ans- you're answering all my questions here before I can even get to them. <laughs> he's now going because my question to you was going to be, what made you feel that you could actually transform into a boxer? What was it? Who inspired mm. you? Who did you have behind you to tell you that? Do you, do you know what? My, my family backed me on everything I did, which was very nice. You know, they always backed whether I, whether I'd have been a ballerina, they'd have backed me. They, they were that type of parents. You know, they pushed me into it. You know. Oh, you need so to take. I need to take that image out of my head. Sorry, I'm just trying to find you um, pirouetting in a, in a tutu. Lovely in a tutu. Come yeah, in on, a tutu. You know <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. I um I always boxed as well as played football. I did everything always together. There was one of them. But as soon as I stuck and concentrated just on one, think things changed. Oh, okay. I think my next my next my next amateur fights, I think I won eight or nine in a row. Against in a, in boxing in amateur boxing, you're boxing people at your level always. So I was constantly moving up. Um so I I started doing well and I thought, do you know what, I can actually do amateur boxing as well at the time, strangely enough, was point scoring. So yes. it, it wasn't really suited in my style. And because it is it's a it's more of a, a six foot one southpaw would be great. You know, tapping you on the head, that's a point. See in, in 
in um, my game, I was rough and tough. I wanted to get 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 forward and get in the pocket, which didn't really this didn't really count for amateur boxing. But I still done very well. Still got to top four in the country a few years in a row. So I was still there or thereabouts. So I had some fantastic. I had, um, was you boxing at the same weight? Then, what weight were you then in amateurs? I was a lightweight as in the amateurs, but so I was there with Amir Khan, um, Frankie Gavin. And Andy oh, oh my God, they, Frankie they Gavin, my, yeah. There you go, me, Frankie Gavin, um, Amir Khan and Andy Crowler. Well, if you look at them, they've all, and, and myself, we've all been there or thereabouts fighting yeah. for world titles. Yeah. Uh, uh, Amir Khan's won a world title. Yeah. Um, Frankie Gavin's there or thereabouts. Anti Crowler's won a world title. Yeah, Anti Crowler's, so, I, I, see, when I first came, you know, finding out about you, boxing back you know way back I would probably say you cut you were on my radar like something like 2011 um yeah. it was the same around the same time as Anthony Kroll so I've grown up with watching you guys I wasn't so much Amir yeah, Khan right. but it was like you know proper you know like super featherweight guys in that era you know that that yeah, division them, and coming yeah. up you know um and because America thought that they had it all, but we had some really good boxes. Fantastic fighters, yeah, you know? we did. Yeah, and so but that's what I saw with you. In you know? days, well, we didn't pump the money in as much as we did no. now. Yeah, which makes the difference. I mean, you now look when soon as Eddie Hearn hit the scene, it um he pumped the money in, which makes yeah. the advertising. Yeah. See, if I yeah. would have been what I'd done early doors don't I'm coming to that because I'm going to ask you yeah don't because there's something I'm going to ask you about that so that exactly don't <laughs> divulge too much let's build this story let's feed me let's feed the public here you know without right. giving them too much too soon and I don't want to hear about the football scores because someone's texting me at the moment the football scores they can naff off oh, um, <laughs> but you so, so here you are in the amateurs and um, from from what I've you know the history that I can see, your first pro fight was that two thousand and six. Could have well been. Makes me feel old myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you turned pro. I mean, fully turned pro. Yeah. Fully turned pro in two thousand and six, um, and yeah. I know, I know you did right. Um, I remember you, you you fought your first fight that you did fight um, was yeah. with Carl Allen and that's right yeah it was with Carl Allen and that was your first fight and you won on points you actually won I on did, points yeah. and if I'm you know Carl Allen was you know look at me telling you what the hell Carl, <laughs> Allen, Carl Allen had a bit on you before do you know what I mean he had been fighting a long you know a bit down the line than you well, so I think he did he, about 200 fights yeah he's he, God, he had mm. such a career. Um, mm. But he, as much as he had so many fights, he wasn't prolific. God, sorry, Carl, I didn't mean to say that. When I mean prolific, mm. it's, it's, as you said, in that time, if money was pumped in, maybe. But um, your debut mm. fight, as I said, was with Carl Allen and you won on points, yeah. um, which is amazing. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, take me in from there, because I'm not going to name everybody. When did you actually fight for oh. your first, first title and at what weight? Okay, I fought um, for a Masters title early, quite early on. It was about my sixth fight, something like that. Um, that was... Um, 
it was the international masters which was my first 10 round fight yes okay so it helps you helps you helps you progress i mean in some ways people can call it a bit of a mickey mouse style but it, it what it does is it it catapults you and then into into fighting more rounds so you can start moving on with your career so then you can move on to your southern areas your english titles your, your british and you move on which is great so so i had my 10, 10 rounds quite early sort of five or fifth or sixth fight which was great um i fought someone um that was that was um rough and sorry I, my little my little daughter's come steaming in <laughs> oh hello daughter <laughs> trying to get, in, get into the photo yeah, hello but, yeah. baby if i could see her <laughs> you can't see her. she's run don't worry um yeah so <laughs> so so um it it progressed me on i moved on and then my major the who first did you fight title, who was it that you fought do you remember who did that you fight? One was God, Ibra Riaz. He was a uh, rough and tough. Um, is it Riaz, uh, Riaz, was it Riaz Durgahead or something like that? Durgad or something like that? No, it, it wasn't him actually. No, no, no. I, fought, I, I remember fighting him. He, he actually fought in the, Olymp in the Olympics. That's or it. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, not a bad boxer. But he didn't have again. He didn't have the money and stuff behind him to go into the right things. Um, but yeah, no, Ibra Riaz was. Oh, Ibrat, um, Ibrat Riaz, yes, yes, yes. He's tough. He's a, he's a journeyman now. Goes on and fights fights for money and and teaches people the game as such. You know, that's how I look at journeymen. They're there, so they, they make their money, but they they don't get hurt too much. But they they know they know the ring, so they can they can last the rounds. But when I fought him, it was only his fifth fight, and he'd he'd, he'd um he was on his way up. He just fought um. A good ladder's amateur, what I thought, I can't remember his name, and um, and got a draw. So he was a good, he wasn't, he was a good prospect at that time. Um, obviously, I outboxed him, done my ten rounds. At a, it was nice. It was good for a, your fifth round. It was a great learning curve, and then moved on to obviously to the English title, which the English title eventually was um, was the big one in my eyes, and which which changed my career. And you move yep. on from there. Yeah, I've got it all mapped out right here. But so before we get to that, <laughs> before it got you on to pushing on to that one, did yeah. you always stay with the same? So when you actually turned pro, so from the amateurs yeah. to the pro, did you always have the same training camp, the same no. trainer? No, I didn't. Um, strange enough, I, I turned pro. This, this is another thing, actually. You've hit a good nail there because no one else has asked me that question. It's a good question. I actually turned pro, and not many people know this, um, with Lloyd Hunnigan. Shut up. Sorry. Yeah. That's, right, that's the Essex coming out. So sorry. There you go. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Lloyd Hunnigan, don't go wrong, it was just before I was signing my pro contract. So I trained with him right at the beginning. Lloyd was, Lloyd was great, great trainer. Um, Wasn't he not part of the Lloyd, Don Davis? Was he with Don Davis at the time? Because he was with, with his coach was Don Davis, wasn't he? He was, but it was it was just him and his own. So I was picking him up from Croydon, and we were driving strangely enough to Clinton McKenzie's gym. Um, oh yeah, and uh, and and that's where we were training. Um, Lloyd's Lloyd's lovely. Lloyd's brilliant, but Lloyd's um, Lloyd's as mad as that as well. He is, Great isn't he? He mad, is. you know, and, and but. Bless him as well. I mean, I mean that in a nice way, Lloyd. Yeah, if you're yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we, um, we he trained me. Um, he trained me like a pro, 
But as a pro, the thing is, in his mind, in my in my eyes, he was training me like I was fighting for a 12-round fight. I hadn't even actually got my first four-rounder in. So we, I'd turn up with him. I'd, take, he'd take, I'd, I'd pick him up. We'd go to Clint McKenzie's gym. And we'd do three and a half hours in the gym. I'd come home. Remember, in them days, I had to still work. So I, I'd come home at, say, 12 o'clock in the day and have an afternoon of work to do. I was... What was you doing? What job was you? Do you mind indulging? What job was you doing? No, of course not. Of course not. I I trained as a a plumbing and heating engineer. So I Ah. I was a gas engineer. Strangely enough, I still got a company, a plumbing and heating company, which actually run itself all the time I boxed. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that was lovely. So that was lovely as well, which which helped me. My mum and dad said to me, I don't care what you do in life. Um... They believed I'd be some sort of sportsman, whether it was boxing, football, whatever. Yeah. But they said to me, do one thing, go and get a trade behind you, because you can always fall back on your trade you don't make it. And that's what I've done. Yeah, I'm, I bless them. And do you know what? After boxing, okay, I did all right at boxing, but I've still got a business that runs itself, and um, and I, I, I poke my nose in there every now and again. And get my whip out, whip a few of the lads every now and again, and, and nah, bless get them. Get my whip they're, out. They're, they're all they're all great, and and um, and they work great for me, and 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 it's lovely. So okay, it's so let's rewind. You used to get come back. You'd get home from um, you and Lloyd Hunnigan, twelve o'clock, and yeah. you're absolutely what? Were you broken? <laughs> broken. He would break me to the point as well that he'd be saying to me, right, you've got to do five mile run in the morning. Then come to me, and I was picking him up about, so I was picking him up about 10, okay? And then I was doing three hours with him, so I was getting home by about one, two. But I'd only just started my business, so I was like, wow, I've got to go to work. So I was <laughs> going to turn up people's houses, fit them a new boiler at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my God, <laughs> you must have been aching. God, it was hard work. Honest, oh, honest. wow. How long was that for? But, so how but, long was you training with Lloyd Hunnigan? probably six months um, maybe a little bit less but that was half the reason why I couldn't carry on with it it was it, it just, I just couldn't do it I don't think anyone could do it not yeah, I could do exactly that I, once I'd won say the English title it would have been fantastic for me but it just got me at the wrong time it got me as a a, a real novice as a pro obviously I've never been fault and he, and he realistically it was a, just a little bit much for that time but he right. couldn't sort of function that bit he yeah. thought that's what you do which, right. that is what you do when you're, when you're a full time pro sure but not sure. Not, not the beginning yeah. <laughs> bless his time he was trying to break you <laughs> oh, bless <laughs> him so okay so you moved away from Lloyd Hannigan and then you found a whole new training camp who were they who was that that was brilliant. That worked really well. Um, strangely enough, the hometown I'm from, obviously Crawley to Crawley. So I spoke to Michael Aldis. Michael Aldis was British and Commonwealth champion, um, super bantamweight. Which remember the name? Yeah, yeah. Just just only a weight or two below me. So um, and with him being, he retired quite early. I think he ended up with a car had a car accident and retired at about 32, 33. So he was only. Late thirties at the time. He was in his prime, still, to be fair. Still a young man. Yeah, yeah he was in his prime. So for, for me, he was probably walking around at ten stone, and I was I was lighter at the time, even though he was lighter at weight. 
we'd spiral and we'd, I'd learned so much off of Michael. Michael, without me actually really realizing that completely, I picked up every single little thing that he, he had to offer. Wow. And every little fault. So which is brilliant. It worked, worked a treat. And you stayed with him. So he, he continued training you? Yeah, for a good probably six years. Fantastic. So that's your cap. That yeah, I wanted to just I would say most most of my training, uh, most of my professional career was with Michael Aldis, yes. Big up Michael. Big up Michael. Big up Michael. We're giving Michael some love. We're giving Michael some love. Okay, so here we go. You left Lloyd Hunnigan, so you've now gone to Michael and you're now actually plying your trade. And by then you've had what? Uh, five, six, you've come up to about 10 fights. Let me put up your record, actually, which is something that you thought I didn't have. So, <laughs> he's laughing. I don't knew laugh. you'd have that. Uh, <laughs> um, don't laugh. Let me put it up for you. Hold on a second. That's your cousin. Let's get him off the screen Go first. Ahead. So, I want to get this up. See if, let's just hope this bl- blinking thing, blinking, does do it for me, considering that it's been playing. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if I can find it. Yay! Hmm. There you go. Just in case no one knew, there is your... You're an orthodox boxer. It's giving me everything. Yeah. Peace, people. Close your eyes. You don't want to see his age. Stop. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Keep away from that. They're yeah. lying on there. Eh? <laughs> They're lying on that. <laughs> <laughs> so let, we're coming back to you basically so you had a great record now your first do you remember the year that you won your first title and it um, wasn't no. was it for the vacant I don't know any of the years for any of them <laughs> oh, don't, please don't let me have to tell everybody <laughs> yeah. no money joking so you I got punched in the head for a living you've got to remember that <laughs> this is not football okay do not, we're not using that excuse have you not heard the excuses? <laughs> You've been headering the board, now you've got dementia. And, you know, yeah, and I'm not right. saying that lightly because that's what's happening. Boxes, you don't have an excuse because it's called boxing. Right. <laughs> that's my start, right. and I'm sticking with it. it. No. Okay, so I recall that you fought for the vacant WBO. You remember that? It was vacant. Do you remember why it was vacant? Yeah. Who was in that position, why it was vacant? I think it was that that your that wasn't my first title. That was my first sort of beyond going on beyond um, like the English stuff yeah. or the British stuff as such. Okay, yeah. um, vacant more so the European one of of these titles is a bit more of a stepping stone. So the idea for the um, WBO is to work your way up the rankings to get to the world title. Okay. If you can win the WBO European, I believe it gets you in the top 15. Um, yes, it does. Top 15. Gosh, you know more of me. You know, I, you should take this interview. I know that, you see. But, no. So sorry. you get in the top 15 uh, rankings in the WBO in the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get, in, get into a point where I think if you get into the top 10, you can fight for the world title. So you're getting there. That's right. People sometimes keep... Um, keep fighting um, if you win the European they fight more and more for it because it gradually builds you up the rankings um, I can't exactly remember why I didn't um, fight for it again probably money again it all talk, all, everything's about money 
Um, and then eventually, obviously, got the big one, which was um, which I always wanted, which was the Intercontinental. That's which right. Is I think I've got a load some... of wealth. Bear me a second. This is what I have. Um, if I'm hoping, so you did fight the Intercontinental, and tell me if I've got the right imagery for this. I'm just about to show it. Sean Ellis for Hellraiser Boxing in partnership with London Live. I'm backstage at the Troxy in Limehouse with the new WBO Intercontinental featherweight champ, Ben Jones. Ben, how's it going? How did you enjoy that one? Yeah, like, you know, I did enjoy it. He was, uh, he's a tough lad. I knew he was going to be tough. I watched a lot about him. Um, it was never going to be a easy fight because he's dangerous. And the worst thing that could have happened is he caught me with a silly shot. Just glancing, much well, to is a little bit off balance. To he caught me, he's fair, made the cut. So he was a decent shot, but it didn't shock me, which was good. The only shock was obviously that he put me down, which is a real shame, which put me points behind. Um, um, but yeah, I, I got back to my boxing. I think I was—I felt like I was winning the first round, and he caught me for a silly shot. So, I mean, tell me about that silly shot because I didn't get out there, unfortunately, until the fifth round. That's enough. That was someone else interviewing. How go. dare they? I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the reason why I'm showing that, and it's so poignant, is because, as you just said, you were building up to that. That's what you wanted. And I'm so glad I found that clip because there you are. I know you look like you just went 10 rounds with Rocky, to be fair. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Oh, my God. Stitches. It was a That was a hard fight. Got 14 stitches across my yeah, eye. That was a hard fight. And I, did, <clears throat> I oh, didn't God. know if I was allowed to even show that on here, as I said, because you know sometimes when you show certain clips, it gets cut sometimes from YouTube or blah, 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 because yeah. it tells you to, I've had it a few times and I'm like, really? So I thought I'll put up what, you know, how you looked after that grueling fight. And I think, you know, if anyone wants to find out more about Ben, just go onto YouTube and you'll see that fight. It was a hard fought fight, but you won that in the end. And as you can say, it's what I wanted. And you got it. And you <laughs> fought me. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. What was the next step after that fight? Where, where did you, what happened next? What next? I know you had to take time back with your family. I've seen lots of photos sure. where you had your Malaga, your, you know, you've gone into Malaga camp and you train. What's your training yeah. regime like? What was your training regime like then? See, if, if you gave me eight to 10 weeks to train, I would, you'd see a real Ben Jones. The problem is, is what happened in the, my later years. One of the reasons why I retired, to be honest, was because they would ring me up with decent money and give me three weeks, four weeks to fight. You're joking. We, Behave. Right, exactly. And they, th their guy, whoever I was boxing, would have had year 10, 10 weeks camp. Also, they knew damn well that I had to lose the weight and strip down and do things, do things how you do. And that is the reason why, in the end, I retired. Because but, the know, money men, your Eddie Hearns and yeah. your Warrens, they'd offer you good money because they want their new up-and-coming star to beat you because they probably might have a decent chance for money you've got three or four weeks. So but you, you give me ten weeks well. and I'll beat them. You had, a, you, you had an illustrious career because you fought like from 2009 and, you know, you've already mentioned you retired in like 2000, what, 16? No, 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in that time, you know, um, I'm hoping I could find that photo. You've had like four or five different belts. Do you know what I'm saying to yeah, you? You fought yeah. under 
did you fight under your promoters? You had various different promotions, like uh, Frank Maloney. I did, I, I did, yeah. I started. I started with um, Matchroom, so it's Barry Hearn. Okay. And I, I did my first three or four, maybe five years with them. So my main, my main part of it was with Matchroom, and then, um, and then as I come out of contract, Frank Maloney obviously poached me, you know, and. Um, and offer me a fantastic contract. I mean, the contract was unbeatable. I couldn't, I could well, put it this way. I got a mortgage on my house and everything with it. I was going to say, so right, right. I, it, it was, it was decent. So, yeah. Um, so I went with him. Um, part of the clip you showed at the beginning was me fighting Lee Selby, ex-world champion. That's correct. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Good, good fight and very good, well, talented fight. Still going himself now. And, um, I fought him and then I fought for the English title and then shamefully well not shamefully that's, a word, that's the wrong word to say but sadly in my case not for him but sadly for me um, Frank Maloney turned into Kelly Maloney yeah. and changed the whole his whole thing That that's um, obviously his choice but obviously for me it ruined me as a career yeah. my career because I had a yeah. contract I was stuck I was um, yeah. obviously went out the window for him, her, you know, from yeah. for now. Yeah. And I was like, wow, when am I going to go from here? So Did you find that people talk. weren't touching you because you were under 100%. Kelly Maloney? I'm going to call it because yeah. that's what she wants to be named now. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm not Kelly. taking anything away from the fact that that's what she wanted to change her gender. She, she wanted to change her gender. But I remember yeah. when that happened. And I think by then Lennox Lewis had already retired, so it, I don't think the knock-on yeah. effect for him was that bad. But everybody else that he had under his promotion um, yeah. suffered, and it's we, we, strange. We all, I didn't think well, it would. But it—I no, don't understand it was, it how that good. should do that to you. It because tell me this. Do you think that should have happened because people are judging him against you? He's not the boxer; he's just a promoter. So why would that affect you? Of course. I mean, we you know can what? think I like think that. Well, with, with why that? Yeah, well, why that? I think that affected me is because I was in my thirties as well, and there was a little bit of a stigma at the time that you're you're sort of getting to the point of the end of your career. Personally. I'm not coming back just to let everyone know but personally I'm 38 years old now and believe me I could do 12 rounds um, easy now still easy I don't now. doubt that I don't doubt that look we've got a lot of 30 year olds who are now Anthony Joshua was one of them you've got a lot of 30 year olds 35, 36 still fighting and challenging yeah. if that's the case then Bernard Hopkins should have stopped fighting years ago yeah, exactly. Roy Jones, exactly, absolute superstars. Should have stopped. And they're fighting, fighting, not just fighting. They're fighting. Exactly. They're fighting at world class level. Right. For for millions, so they're good enough. Yeah, but then you Peter were good Pan. enough. I am Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with you on the Peter Pan bank. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, it's so it, you were, we, so you felt that there was a downturn because I read somewhere where you said that. Um, no disrespect to you know Kelly Maloney or anybody else that you felt that leaving matchroom boxing was one of your biggest mistake was did you say that because of the incident what was happening or no, not really no not one of the, they were very good to me matchroom when I was with matchroom it was Barry Hearn it wasn't Eddie then it was Barry 
Ah. They were very, very good with me. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. And that's the reason, again, because Eddie took over. Eddie, I never knew Eddie. I never really got anything. I don't even think I met Eddie as a boxer whilst I was with his dad. So, um, the um, half half the half the problem with was, was obviously Ke- Kelly and um, Frank turned into Kelly. So then, when I went to go back, I was I was thirty one years old, and they weren't really interested. They had some new up and coming young lads and stuff. But they were they were still on the Olympians and stuff at the time. Yeah, I think the Olympics was around at that sort of time as well. Yeah. So they were taking all them, and I was thinking, yeah. no, I, I don't really need it. I'm going to start again. Yeah. So for me, it was a little bit of a wow. I'm I'm in a where, where do I go here? My my luckiness with it all was I sold a hell of a lot of tickets. I was gonna say so any prom- I was a promoter's dream. Apart from unless you had Sky Sports and was pumped in money, yeah. it weren't about that to them. Yeah, but any of the smaller promoters loved it. And they you were all like, wow, that I was brilliant. Sell- yeah, you did the York Hall. You was at the Troxy. Majority of your fights were down, you know, the York Hall and the Troxy. And for me, that was sawdust, yeah. good quality boxing fights. We, yeah, it, yeah right. that was proper. It's like you could smell the sweat when you walked into Bethnal Green in York Hall. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> and, uh, the Troxy, I've only been a few times. And luckily, before boxing got really massive and Eddie Hearns had started, you know, is it days or days and all, um, you know, even going to Sky Sports um, even with Frank you know Frank Warren we used to be able to see on like Channel 5 you know or ITV yeah. Boxing so you know the, the likes of Nassim Hamid and all that so that's you know for yeah, me those. those were the grassroots of actual boxing watching the likes of you lot yeah. coming up on a screen where you know you just can see the best of the best and you didn't have to actually keep paying for it do you know what i'm saying sorry to say that but it's the truth um but you know here you are you're saying up until 31 how many belts did you win in that time i think by 31 i'd only won two i think i'd only won two i'd only won two but i was i was there or thereabouts in the top top tour three in, in Britain so yeah. I was it was all it was all about I mean obviously as well if you're top tour three in Britain you're you could be in the top top 25th in the world you know you could be right up there because Britain's got some fantastic fighters absolutely so it was it was an awkward timing with everything considering Eddie hadn't quite made it at that time yeah. he hadn't quite made these superstars as he is now yeah if, if it would have been like now and I was I think he would have snapped me up and just put me into, Absolutely. into the world title fight straight away. Absolutely. But so, so, so I was, I was lucky. I, I, I there was a up and coming um, Brighton promoter, which is um, Sussex Brighton. So I, um, I said to him at first, uh, yeah, I will tell you what, if you get me, it was for the IBO title. So if you get me a paper a title, he said, he said, Ben, they cost a fortune. He said, do you know, they're like, they're like, it probably cost me ten grand to get the get the title on. I said, don't worry about it. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll pay, we'll pay, we'll do a deal. He goes, okay. I said, we'll pay for the, the title fight, so that's £10,000, okay? I said, and we'll go 50-50 on the tickets that I sell. He said, okay. Well, I, I sold him about 23 grand's worth of tickets, so he didn't do too bad. <laughs> so we went 50-50, so we paid his money off and we sorted it out. So, oh, my God. So I, I, think I, I done well too. 
I think I saw the poster for that. There's a wicked poster of you. Yeah. Valerie, I should really slap yeah. myself. I normally have these little posters. I do have this though. I just have, <laughs> I've got all these different pictures that that's not the one. Let's see if I can um, get my images. I think this image just likes to be coming up. Sorry, don't watch his, don't watch it. <laughs> Woohoo! There you go. There you go. That's that's that one there's the WBO European. That's right. And the, the, that's... the, the, the lad be, the lad behind me is Michael Audley. That's right. Okay. I remember Michael Audley was just a bad boy fighter. Come on. He yeah, really, he's really great. Was. Great fighter. Um British and Commonwealth champion, fantastic. Yeah. The man next to him there was um a man that was down my amateur boxing club, so he was a he's a very talented amateur boxing club trainer. Okay. And Paul Devlin, very, very good, and still around the scenes now. Oh right. Um, I think he's even he's he's I think he's even got a a lad um, called James from Beaton that's in the pro ranks as well. So he's a, he's a very knowledgeable um, trainer. You know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to do my homework and two, have a look at him. Two cracking guys to work together. I'll do my homework and have a look at him. That's um. Oh right. That's okay. Right. Yeah, Michael Audley. I remember that. Okay, so here we are. We've come up to like where we are now. You've had two titles. You've had some cracking fights. I'm going to name some of them without anyone. Some people are going to go, who? What? But you fought people like <laughs> Jamie Spate, Stephen Smith, um, obviously Lee Selby, Jordan Vasiliev, um, yeah. a, a massive uh, Jesus Rios, um, Carlos Osorias, Jason Cunningham. Reese Bellotti, you uh, you fought, fought a whole bag of fighters. As I said, I could just keep listing and listing. I think your last um, pro fight was with with Reese Bellotti, wasn't it? Reese Bellotti was, was your last yeah. fight. You know. Um, Do you know what? I, I've got nothing against Reese. Reese is a cracking old fighter. Yeah. I think um, I think he caught me at the right time, and personally. This is no disrespect to Reese because Reese is a is a good fighter. Yes, he is. I I was given three and a half weeks notice again, fight fight, which I'm happy to do. Again, that's when it. That's why I one of the reasons why I, I retired. I struggled to get the weight down. I actually went out to Thailand for the training camp, knowing it was so hot, I'm going to be out sweat 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 it all out. <laughs> Sorry, I don't so mean I to laugh. Training camp in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went out there. For, I went out for ten days to to absolutely, well, basically lose everything, and and it was a struggle, huge struggle. And to be honest, it it wasn't nowhere close to being the best of me. You try, you you um, you put me when I was thirty one years old, and and give me ten weeks. There, there's no chance in my eyes. But every boxer's going to say that. So good luck to Reese, and I hope Reese Bellotti goes and. Goes and wins well titles. Yeah, he's had a few mistakes in the last last few, few fights. fights and stuff, yes, and I really hope he does. Yeah, but that's not his fault. This is management. This is that. This is clever management. Well, and you that's see, why I say it's good. It's mad. Um, so you retired. Here you go. You re okay? You've had an illustrious career. We've everyone has seen your record. You've won two titles. Um, where did you get that? Before we come off that, just and talk to where you are now where did the name Duracell come from and how long did how, who tagged you that <laughs> right well we mentioned earlier about me being a high practice child and did every sport under the sun my 
mum knew I had ADHD, so I've got ADHD. I've got problems. I had problems with being hyperactive. Right. And sport helped me. Yeah. If I didn't have sport, I would have been trouble to a point I couldn't learn. I was at school and couldn't learn unless I'd done three hours of sport every day. So I had to do it. Everyone used to say to me, you're going to burn yourself out. You can't do that. Well, I can do three, four, five hours now still. So um, I haven't burned myself out and I'm... Uh, I'm over the hill, as everyone keeps saying. <laughs> no, you're not. No, so you're not. not. Don't, don't, don't listen no, to them. Don't listen bad. to them, Ben. Don't listen to them. <laughs> but you know what I True. love is the fact True. that you've shared that ADHD. People think, I think for a long Ooh. time, people thought it was an excuse when someone kept telling them that their children had ADHD. But it's not. It is an, a, a condition. And I have... Um, friends who actually are clinicians in that subject and I love what you've just said that if you didn't have sports so for anyone listening listen what Ben just said if you have ADHD sports is a very good thing to be able to do because it takes it it eats that energy up a lot of people don't realize that ADHD makes you feel like a Duracell bunny there you go there you and go that, and that's what my mum called me and it's so it my mum that come up with a name Duracell Jones oh wow so I was hyperactive I thought I'd just coin it while I was there saying it <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing do you know what I mean I, I yeah. you know thank you for sharing that you you know that you've had HD well you you don't just get rid of ADHD it stays with no. you it's just how you manage it it's how you actually manage yeah. it yeah as so, I've got older I can manage it even better but I probably don't need to burn as much energy off to get right. myself to that but when I was at school I literally oh, there was a point I went to secondary school and my school understood they didn't really understand ADHD but they understood no. that I was a hyperactive child so they took. They said to me to get to school at eight o'clock in the morning. So my mum used to get me to school. She, I, I live quite far away from my school, so she had to drive me to school eight o'clock in the morning. And I went on a half an hour, forty-five minute run every, well, nearly every morning. And then I was allowed to shower up, and I was allowed to get to school late. So to me, it was a bonus. So our school started at half past eight, and I'd get to school at nine because the teacher had brought me in. So to me, I was thinking that I was getting um, an extra benefit from being not, I don't have to go to assembly or something like that, you see. Yeah. But what it was, what they were doing, whether they knew they were doing it or not, but what they were doing was getting me, getting that energy out so I could actually control myself to the, to the afternoon. By the afternoon, I was hyper again and I needed, needed PE to talk me out. But because I think ADHD actually became a recognised um, diagnosis, I think in the in the mid 2013 or I would say probably two thousand and nine, it actually became a wow. recognised. Um, um, I can't. Oh, where have you gone? Where's Ben gone? Oh, I'm, yeah, back. I'm, yeah, back. I'm, back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> And my going there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we won't harp on too much on the subject, but it, it you know, you're right. Teachers kept thinking that you were just hyperactive, uh, but now people can. Or naughty child. Yeah, naughty, and they tag you, and it sticks with you, doesn't it? But I'm glad that you um, had, you know, you found 
uh, a way to deal with it, which was sports. And that, I'm sorry, I had to ask you where Duracell came from. But you've come to the end of your career. And lo and behold, what when you decided to call it a day, did you already have something in mind what you wanted to do? What was the crossroads like? And how difficult was it to actually just say, I'm done here? I'm, I was very, very lucky. As we, we, we touched on it earlier, I said yeah. that I started a plumbing and heating business before I was a professional. So I started it. When I turned professional, it ran itself. So I always had something to fall back on, as I was talking about, as my mum and dad wished me to do. So I've come out of boxing. I always had um, my plumbing and heating business if I wanted to. I was poking my head in. To be honest, I don't want to. <laughs> so oh. what I've done... Like, <laughs> yeah, but it still runs, so it still makes me money, and it's nice. But I was my dad's a builder, and built houses, and and so did I, even through my boxing career. Um, so I've luckily enough, I've carried on doing a bit of building, and sort of made some money from the side, from from obviously some of the money from my boxing to help me to buy like lots of land and stuff like that. So I can build and I can carry on with my career. So oh, also I also on the other side of that as well, I got touch with a, a local gym that used to be my old amateur coach. He's got a new he's got a new gym somewhere, and I go and train the kids and the, and the adults, and I get right involved with the amateur side. So I give back that way. So. It burns my energy too. <laughs> so and that's what me. I was going to ask you because I I see that you're you're now a you know a personal trainer. Um, I'm gonna did I? I'm hoping I've got that. It's not hoping. I know I've got the video. Just got to make sure I play it. Um, <laughs> um, don't laugh. You know we've already had gremlins today, but I think I've done not too bad. Let's hope. I've got what Sean Ellis for Hellraiser Boxing in partnership with London Live. I'm backstage at the truck. See, I'm hoping I've got it. I'm hoping I've got it. Please tell me I've got it. If not, it's bang on my other computer. But um... Sean Ellis for Hellraiser Boxing in partnership with London Live. I'm backstage at the Truxy in Limehouse with the new WBO Intercontinental Featherweight Champ. Ben Jones. Ben, how's it going? How did you enjoy that one? Yeah, doesn't like it. I put it in to see if it would play, but it doesn't like it. Um, that's a bummer. Because I've got you where you've been doing your training. Um, really, really yeah. good. Um, let me try to get... Here we go. I knew I had it. Yay! Hey! 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 everyday workout for people in lockdown that's right that that's was, right that's right that's um, I, See, I, I train a lot of children on, on the north side of what I'm doing I train children that actually are too young to be even in a boxing gym right so so basically, a boxing, you're allowed to start boxing probably between, you know, sort of about nine years old is about the right age. Well, there's some kids out there that they've got nothing they can do, but they're, they're six-year-olds. So why don't mind taking the six-year-olds? And you can't have a six-year-old in too many groups. You've got to be really under control of them because their attention span is very little. So I've been training a few um, six-year-olds. 
And do, do you know what? Week in, week out, you want to see the benefits you get from these kids. And they love it. Honestly, it's great. I could great just fun. imagine. I really, really could. And is that how long you've been doing so, that for? Me, is that through lockdown? I enjoy it. Sorry? I can't do it through lockdown, obviously, because of the... Yeah, of, um, that's what I was going to say. Indoors. If it's outdoors, I can do it. It's very difficult. But just before lockdown, I, I was um, I was doing my one-on-ones, and these kids are loving it. But I'm still getting videos from their mum saying, oh, he's learning the skiff, he could do this. These are kids that are... It's a new channel for them. It's great, you know? What perfect, what perfect way of giving back. And, it's, and, and I can imagine, because then you can see the energy... Um, on their faces you can and it gets them out of trouble for a start um do you find boxing for me when you know i i I do go and box you know um down the east where i am in east in east london there's a gym that i go to um and the guy that trains me is amazing and i found that it relieved a lot of stress It, it it made me focus um, if I knew that I was feeling really, really crap, I knew that I could just go and hit the punch bag. Um, but That's it's it. disciplined right. as well. Yeah, honestly. But I found that it gave discipline. So I can imagine that you doing that with the children must be truly amazing because it people don't realise how excellent. You don't have to be thinking about punching someone's brains out. It's just the fun of doing those movements and do you know what I mean knowing that you can actually box um, and the, the uh, for me it's the impact it has on your body as well do you know what I mean so I uh, kudos to you kudos to you Ben you, apart from the children I know you do a lot of things for charity and um, for me again I thought that's just just a beautiful thing that you do um, and I'm again Anyhow, this bloody video doesn't play. You know I'm absolutely just going to stop this whole interview and I'm walking away, right? So I'm going to be very upset if it bloody doesn't play. And she said bloody online. Let's... I'm here today with Chris Wing at the Sussex MS Centre. I've been offered a challenge to push him around in a wheelchair. For every hour I push him, he's going to spar me for a minute and I'm accepting the challenge Thank you, on behalf of this great charity and uh, I'd love to make a massive awareness for MS especially all over Britain and, and Sussex all over the world oh, oh. Brilliant. Brilliant. how much did you raise? like it I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I, I think we raised about four and a half grand for MS. And how long did he spar you for? How many, well. spa- how many sparrings did you get out of him? What did you have to do? You know what? We did We did it. And I, I brought um, Neil Razor Ruddock involved. He got involved. Um, George Gilby from Gogglebox. And we and it was great fun. Oh, yeah, I love good, that. Uh, I'll have to try and send you the video. Yeah. It's, it's real, real good fun. Send it to me because then I could put it because we've got a new website because um, we're doing a full relaunch of our new website it. in a couple of weeks so you'll be highlighted it on it where you've come on so that'd be awesome that I can talk about all the charities because it's not just MS you've I've been... a strange thing about that guy that I was talking to oh yeah his name's Chris Wing the, the, the fellow we was talking to I was talking to in that video yeah he was 18 stone when I met him okay because he's got progressive MS which is uh, means if 
if he gets a, a symptom or a problem, say his arm um, stops working, he can't get it back. It's the end of. Okay. Well, to me, I look at everything on a positive. He looked everything on a negative because he was told by doctors it was negative. He was a progressive MS. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to, tell, I'm going to say one thing to everybody that's, that's listening. I am no doctor. I'm just, I'm positive. So what I, what I said to him is, let me give you, let's give you a, a, a chance. Let's try. And he said, but it can't work, Ben. I, I'm, I've got progressive MS. I said, okay, so does that mean you don't want to try? And he said, no, I want to try. I'll try with you. Okay, the man now from 18 stone is 13 stone. Okay, the man, there you go. There's, there's one, that's amazing, okay? The man couldn't lift his left arm, no, his right arm, more than three times in the air. He can now lift 20 kilos, 20 reps constantly. What, what? The man was borderline being in a wheelchair, and they said to him, he'd be in a wheelchair very soon. He can run. He not, can't just walk. He can run because I've strengthened his core to make him do core work and strengthen him as a person. And I said to him, just don't give up. Just keep pushing. He goes to the gym every single day and the man can run. And do you oh. know what? The saddest thing about it is the MS Society don't want to know. They don't want to know because he's a he's an achiever that you can achieve something without. That's he's got amazing. Every bit of paperwork to say what he's got. Yeah. He's got he's got progressive MS. They say that's the end, basically the end of the yeah. line. Yeah. Well, he just showed himself, showed that you can actually live a new life. He they gave up. They gave up on life. him. They gave up on him, he gave, Ben. He gave up on himself. Yeah, and he gave up on himself. And now he sleeps for eight hours. He had three hours sleep every night now he sleeps for eight hours he has a normal life good on him oh my god i'm i'm applauding I'm you and i'm applauding for, him for a while, but how good amazing work and that is what needs to be um everybody out there that gets told there uh, on you know that it's over the thing be positive because you know what you can do it everybody i love can you do something I love you. you There's it. more that I want to tell everybody. <laughs> tell me this. What it, uh, uh, you, with him, it's not just him. You do a lot of other charity works. Can you name a, a couple that I you've do. been involved in? Because I, you know, yeah. you've just done amazing. I know you've done a football charity with um, Crawley Town. I think you did. I think how much did you raise with these guys when Black when they played against Blackpool? What was that? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. My, my, my phone's on the last 10%. Oh no, that, we're that nearly done, we're nearly done. From, that's right, that's the guy with with MS. If you see him, he's in, he's yes. in a wheelchair there. Yes, yes. So he's borderline a wheelchair and the man can run now. He's, he's he's a big guy there, but actually I'd love to show you a picture of him now. He's um He, he can run and everything. Oh um, my I, word. I do a lot of football charities. I played a big match, which is um for Action for Children and right. the Brain Tumor Charity. Um, I do uh, Peterborough. I do all different, all different children's charities. I, a lot of it's football. I link, I link a lot with football, so it's nice. I walk around all of my belts and I yep. show everyone that. But then I go yep. and play ninety minutes of football and enjoy that. So I've got a bit of everything, you know. So you there? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, I'm going to try that and was, catch you before that was still, the, still your battery dies. Just to, <laughs> just to just to put his name in the in the thing. 
George Gilby tried ringing me from Gogglebox. <laughs> <laughs> George Gilby God. from Gogglebox. Go. Be- ben is online yeah, with Val. On if you want us on Gogglebox, you need him. me and Ben together. You need to butt out That's for two it, seconds. It's my turn. Yeah, so I I get involved with so many charities and, and yes, so you many do. different things. It's, it's yes, you do. Um, You're a motivational a lad, speaker. Uh, yeah, I do all this. I do. Um, I'm very, I'm very positive. So I, I do positive speaking. I talk about my boxing career. I also show people about um, people don't understand as well what you go through as a boxer with weighing in and you're losing weight and that sort of things. And it, and a lot of my my um, my talks that I do dinners and stuff like that. People are shocked and they did not believe that boxing was actually like that. Yeah, but. I let out the secrets. It's fun. You know, that's the good thing. I'm glad so. you did. I'm yeah, really yeah. glad you did. Um, as much as <laughs> I could sit yeah. and talk for you for yeah. another two hours and then your battery dies on me. Let's just it quickly grab on to, you were motivated. You've got a beautiful office of, um, I, I think that is Sugar Ray Leonard. You've got Rocky Bill, well, Rocky yeah. Bill Bauer, you know, but Rocky's an inspiration. Just quickly, just pan around in that room so people can just quickly see. Yeah. Oh! We've got, see, Sugar why Ray Sugar Leonard, Ray Leonard? Why? Ah, he's my hero. He's my oh. hero. He was my growing up hero. So there's my. There's, and then your bells. Belts. Fantastic. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. He's the ugly bloke. <laughs> Fan. He's a legend. Oh, ledge, ledge, ledge. I do love your office. I love you your office. Beat, you can't beat that. Yeah, so just, you I'm honest <laughs> to God. Um, you know, any final words of inspiration you want to offer out to the young, the old? I do know you've got your cousin Byron that's now boxing in the gym. I did show his photo up not too long yep. ago. Um, there he is. Um, yeah. Before we jump out, as I said, because I, as I said, I don't want to lose you. Hope you haven't gone. Uh, oh, there you go. Before you go. Again. <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying to rush everything here. Yeah. But before you go, any. Thank you for coming on. Tell me, inspiring, what have you got to tell anyone, especially that we're in lockdown and know a lot of people aren't coping? What words of wisdom cool. can you offer them? My my thing, for especially for lockdown and, and um, anything in sport and anything in life, be positive because do you know what? Everything is humanly possible. We can we can make it work. You can say I can't, I can't, I can't, but actually you can. I train people um, constantly, constantly. So I can't do that. I said let's try. And do you know what they do it? And I said you told me you can't. And they say I didn't think I could. I said because you said you can't. You can. Everyone, you if it's humanly possible, we can do it. I make it work. love Positive. Ben. Love. Please, guys. His Instagram is Ben Jones Boxer. Check him out on Instagram. He does workouts, you know, and even if the workouts have um, stopped, you can still find them online and you can do a week workout with Ben, which is still running to this day. I will put this up onto the website for anybody else. Ben goes around to school. He goes um, to various football clubs. He gets involved in charity. If you want Ben to become and inspire your children of today, please reach out to Ben Duracell Jones. He's also on Twitter 
as Ben Jones. Oh, is it Ben Jewel? Ben Jewel Jones. He's also here on I Facebook. Think it's Ben Jones Boxer. Ben jo- Jones there you Boxer. go. Ben yeah. Jones Boxer. Please yeah. hit him up. I did, and I'm the. I'm going to say this. I saw him. Loved watching him. I said, "Should I? Did I? Yes, I did. I made the proposal. He said yes. Makes it sound like I'm getting married to you, but I felt like I am today." Uh, we ben, could do. You talked about. We said no marriage. We did it. Did we? Did didn't we? Oh my God! Sorry, wifey, but there might it. be number two here. Nobody joking. To your kids and everybody else, yes, you yes. took your time out today. Thank you for sharing. And I will, if we can, let's hit back it after COVID, after lockdown. Let's get together. Let's do an Instagram live and talk about life after COVID and what you're doing now. Agreed? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We've got a deal. You know, um, and I'll hit up Jordan and tell him thank you so much. To your management, Black Bear PR and management, thank you so much for hooking me up with the wonderful, wonderful Ben Duracell Jones. Any last words before I say bye? Just to say to anyone... Bye. If anyone if anyone wants to contact me, put send me a message. I'll get back to everybody. So you everybody do. in time, I will get back to you. And I'll and and if you ask me any questions, I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I'm honoured you actually answered mine. Um, and I told you my interviews are very different. I wanted somebody to see you, have a laugh, come on today, and I've ended it with the positivity of what you are doing now, Ben. Pleasure. former English Pleasure. super featherweight champion Ben Durasol Jones thank you bye thank you <laughs> keep, keep, keep positive oh absolutely you've definitely put a spring in my step for me today thank you so much take Good. care Good. thank you see you later bye bye oh wow oh another second so that was my lovely lovely Ben um, it was a sports. Oh, there he is. He's still there. I'm saying bye to everybody. Oh, I'm still back. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter. Hope everybody is having a blessed weekend. I know it's the late sports edition. And um, as far as I'm concerned, it's never too late to talk to anyone in sports, whether they're still playing now, whether they're still boxing now, whether they're still presenting now. It doesn't really matter. The people that come on to um, the Saturday sports shows or maybe on a Sunday are all people that I think are inspiring and um, there's nothing less, nothing more. So I hope people can take something out of what our show was today. With that said, I'm off to go and find out what the results was of Arsenal Man United. I haven't had a lot of people. Oh, let's see who's saying that to me. I haven't had a lot of people saying anything too derogatory about Arsenal so they may be winning I hope not but anyway have a great 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 weekend uh, and join me next week Uh, before I go I just want to let you know that as of February there's a new trailer coming up it's 14 days of the love zone corner it's a surprise and I hope that people are going to embrace it 14 days of the love corner starts next week Ooh, we need some love we need to bring some love into the house anyway that's me Valerie M sending positive affirmations to everyone in the world good night and God bless you all